Hi guys, and welcome to the Ray of Light TV podcast, a special place that values the real you. Now, if you are new here, welcome to a platform that's interested in human health, but not in the same way as your 10th grade biology teacher. Here on this platform, we look at proper health and well-being as the key to unlocking your very best self. Every week, with the help of our unique guest, we dive a bit deeper into what it means to be a healthy and whole human. I hope you can join us, and I hope you enjoy this experience. Welcome. guys and welcome back to the ray of light tv podcast i am here today with founder of reset adhd alexander high hello thanks for having me yeah so grateful to have you on so if you don't know uh reset adhd is a platform that gives teens and adults the opportunity to hit the reset button on their adhd and start fresh with new strength-based strategies And personally, for me, I think this platform is so dope, (laughs) for lack of a better words, uh, because it gives humans the opportunity to rethink what a mental health obstacle is. Like, who would have known that with effective strategies and ADHD-focused solutions, that something that has been so stigmatized could actually turn into, like, your superpower? Uh, So I love that. And I talk about this all the time, but um, in 2021, I believe, I was diagnosed with anxiety and depression and I was hit with like so many different obstacles and so many challenges and I thought it was something that I would never be able to recover from. But when I began my podcast and when I started going to therapy, it seemed like my biggest hindrance became like my biggest power, sort of speak. Mm -hmm. And it seems like that's kind of what you do through Reset ADHD. Um, And so would you would you agree with that statement or how has that been for you? I mean... I, I'm not one of those people who characterizes ADHD as a superpower. Um, it, it does cause a lot of challenges in your life, but there are like flip sides to it where, you know, impulsivity can be seen as a negative thing. But as Dr. Ned Hollowell says, impulsivity gone right is creativity. So there are there are ways it can provide lots of unique experiences to your life and even benefits. Yes. Um but superpower, maybe not. Um, but I do feel like everyone... I don't want to give up my ADHD. I, I want to keep it um, because it's kind of made me who I am. It's also helped me find a career. Uh, let's be honest there. Because, <laughs> um, yeah, I had no idea what I wanted to do. And it wasn't until I got into my really got into managing my own ADHD that I discovered what I wanted to be when I grew up. So Yeah. That's really cool. Does that, does that answer your question? I feel like I was rambling. No, it does. It answers because I think everybody's take on mental health, particularly pertaining to ADHD, will be different. But just for mm-hmm. some of my audience who may not even know what ADHD is, what is ADHD? So according to the DSM, there are like two or three main characteristics of ADHD. There's the hyperactivity, impulsivity, and inattention. Um, So your stereotype is 
the little boy who can't sit still and is all over the place, bouncing off the walls, so to speak. Right. It's it's not fully that. It can show up like that uh, because adults get it, women get it. it ADHD doesn't discriminate. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah. And, you know, the DSM has very few characteristics of ADHD actually listed. It's It's much more complex than just those three things uh there's emotional regulation issues executive function issues so getting organized and getting stuff done is kind of the shorthand i have for executive function and then uh i mentioned emotional regulation and there's the whole rejection sensitivity dysphoria we could talk about but yeah so adhd essentially is a neurodevelopmental disorder so that means the brain didn't develop as it typically does and i i say as it typically does because to say that it malfunctioned or did something wrong is not right either Mm -hmm. it's it's just a unique brain wiring that can cause a lot of problems with focus attention sitting still emotional regulation that sort of thing so adhd is quite complex um not a lot of people know the full story and so that's one of the reasons i write my blog is Mm -hmm. to put out more awareness of ADHD and that sort of stuff. Yeah. And so these symptoms that you're mentioning, are they only shown in childhood ADHD or do they manifest in adult ADHD as well? Um, it, it can look differently across mm-hmm. the lifespan. So as, as a little kid, yeah, it's more hyperactivity. As you get older, you become more inattentive. There are three main types of ADHD, the inattentive type, the hyperactive impulsivity type, and the combined type. Mm-hmm. Um, and the combined type is just a mix of the other two. Uh, so as, as people get older, they become more inattentive and less hyperactive. My mom likes to say that I used up all my hyperactivity in the first few years. Um, (laughs) uh, but yeah, it's, uh, sometimes with ADHD, I get so long winded that I forget the question. And what was the question again? Uh, do these um, symptoms present in adult ADHD as well, or just kids? Oh, yeah. Yeah, Ad- adults and kids, yeah. yeah. That's the short answer. Yeah, I think your journey is so unique because I feel like a lot of times when we mention ADHD, it's only in terms of, like, the hyper child or, like you said, the hyper little boy. But you said you were diagnosed at 19. and so 20, actually. 20, at 20. So yeah. what was your journey dealing with? ADHD from the lens of being an adult. What was that like Mm. for you? Yeah, it was uh, interesting, to say it shortly. Um, I I mean, as a kid, I knew that I had trouble paying attention. And I figured it was something everyone dealt with, or if it was just me. I did feel different as a kid. and we can expand on that later. But as far as like what it was like dealing with it as an adult, it was like, okay, this is how the rest of my life makes sense. It's sort of like a lens through which I can view my life that um, that gives me greater clarity on why I do the sorts of things I do mm-hmm. and why I need to do certain things in order to keep me on the right path, so to speak. So as an adult... Getting to know um, myself has been really useful. Um, 
but as an adult, you know, you have to deal with some of the tag-alongs that comes with ADHD. So, like, you mentioned having anxiety and depression. Same here. And I think some of that is related to um, growing up not knowing that I had ADHD. Um, And so, with my journey, it was a lot of, okay, I've got this thing. What do I need to do? At first, it was just take medication, and that wasn't enough, and I felt stuck. So I started researching more and more, and so eventually, it just kind of became almost an obsession to study ADHD and learn more about it. So as an adult, uh, it was it was just a lot of, I need to figure this out, so I'm going to research, and I've got an analytical mind. I compare myself a lot of the time to Sherlock Holmes where I need to analyze and figure things out. Some things I can't figure out and that really frustrates me, but coming at it from the lens of I need to figure this out has been kind of my journey and my path. And that might look different for someone else with ADHD. Everyone with ADHD has their own flavor of ADHD, so to speak. So what it looked like for me as an adult is going to look different for somebody else. But for me, it was a lot of trying to figure out, okay, this is what I have now, or this is what I've always had. How do I live my best life with this particular challenge, cross, whatever you want to call it? And I feel like in those strategies that you use for yourself, did you channel that into your blog and into starting Reset ADHD? Yeah, so it... It, it was just sort of a natural progression, so mm-hmm. to speak. Um, I started to figure things out, and with that came the desire to help other people. Right. Um, because I knew what I went through was tough, and I didn't want others to have to go through that. So being able to write my blog or do my one-on-one coaching, it really inspires me to help others so that they can live uh, the life they were meant to live, Yeah, if that makes sense. It makes perfect sense. I would say the same thing about my podcast. I didn't necessarily know this is what I wanted to do. I just knew there was a space where I wanted to help people and that there were people who probably had similar questions to me, similar experiences to me, and I feel like I needed a place to house that. And I think that's why I connected so deeply with Reset ADHD because it felt like the same thing, you know? And that was so dope to me. There's this quote I wanna I wanna ask you about. So Dr. Andrew Kotler, he said that adults struggle with this mental illness being ADHD because the environment, whether it is school or work, is suited for someone without ADHD. The expectations to perform have a huge impact on self-esteem because for years, someone with ADHD will wonder why they can't live up to these expectations. Adults with ADHD have a higher, have a greater incidence of anxiety, depression, and substance abuse than the general population. Do you think this is true? Why or why not? Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, it the reason ADHD is a quote unquote disability yeah. or a hindrance is because the world is not meant for our brains. If you look at things going back. To when humans were not at the top of the food chain 
ADHD could have really been a strength because we're hyper aware of everything going on around us. We can battle predators or whatever we need to do to just to survive. Now that humans are on the top of the food chain, uh, the the circumstances are different and the world is built for a different type of brain, one that most people have. And that's kind of what we have to accept is that the world is built for the greatest number of good for the greatest number of people. And so... What that does, though, is it makes things harder for those of us with ADHD to adapt. And one of the things that I I like to say is I help people work with their brains, not against them. And it's you're fighting an uphill battle in that sense, because the world is not meant to work with your brain, if that makes sense. So... There are a lot of things in this world that just aren't suited for the ADHD brain. And that's frustrating, but it is what it is, and we have to do the best we can. Now, does that mean we can't live a fulfilling life? No. We absolutely can. Look at the long list of people with ADHD who have ADHD and are very successful. Michael Phelps um, being one. Um, David Nealman. Yeah. There, I mean, there are a lot of them. I could go on and on. But, um, and I've lost my point. Uh, I, I talk too long sometimes, and then I lose my point. That Hashtag you can ADHD have ADHD problems. and still be successful and live a full yeah. life. Yeah. And so, uh, getting back to the quote, yeah, there are a lot of things in the environment that are just contrary to the way ADHD brains work. Yeah. And I think for you personally, I would ask, do you think that you found like, because I know you talked in the beginning about finding a career with ADHD. Did you find freedom in entrepreneurship being in being having ADHD, being someone with ADHD? Because I guess like to go against the quote, you can set your own expectations in your own business, in your blog and what you do. So did you find some sort of freedom in that that you may not have gotten in a traditional job or a traditional setting that may not work for you and your needs and your mind? Yeah, um, I got my undergrad degree in business administration. And when I graduated, my idea of the idea of just sitting at a desk all day trying to make money and do business things just didn't appeal to me. And so I actually spent the first summer after graduation kind of feeling sorry for myself, (laughs) not knowing what I wanted to do. It it was really a hit on my Mm self-esteem. But once I discovered, you know, I did some freelance writing and that was, that was good. I had to like really be disciplined with myself so that I could get stuff done. Mm-hmm. Um, but now that I'm an entrepreneur and can set my own expectations, can set my own schedule, it is, you know, like you said, freeing. Mm-hmm. So um, one of the things that my coach tells me is that his job is to live a good life and then help other people live a good life. And when I frame my own coaching in that way, I, I know there are certain things I need to do to live a good life so that I can model that for my clients, model that for the people who read my blog, and live 
life the way that works for me. Mm-hmm. So yes, there is a lot of freedom in entrepreneurship, which is both good and bad. Um, but for the most part, it has allowed me to set up what works for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I heard you talk about your self-esteem. Is struggling with self-esteem a big part of adult ADHD? Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. when you grow up not knowing you have ADHD or knowing you do have ADHD, regardless, you do get a lot of negative messages. Like the stats on how many negative messages kids with ADHD receive mm-hmm. is just astronomical. And when I first saw it, I was like, there's no way that's true. And then I saw some reasoning behind it and it was like, oh, yeah. I mean, it's in the thousands of negative messages kids with ADHD receive. Wow. So um, growing up that way and getting a bunch of negative messages, it can be really hard to not internalize that. And it's not easy to, once you have internalized that, and sort of reverse the patterns of thinking that um, you grew up adapting to. Um, so it takes, it takes, uh, a lot of work and a lot of positive self-talk to sort of reverse any sort of negative messages you may have received growing up. Um, but yeah, the short answer is yes, it does affect your self-esteem. Yeah. So what are some of the ways that non-ADHD people can be, or especially parents, non-ADHD parents maybe be allies and more sympathetic to their possibly have ADHD children or if they have Mm. a diagnosis of ADHD? Yeah. So just everyone's unique. Mm -hmm. So I think just taking the time to get to know the person with ADHD and what they need to be successful, what their unique characteristics are, because some of those unique characteristics in the right environment can be a strength. Right. So, um, yeah, I would say understand your child, understand your friend, whoever it is, and just get to know them, allow them to be themselves. Mm-hmm. And help them become the person they were meant to be. Don't try and change them. Don't try and fix them because they don't need fixing. They just need maybe a little extra support here and there to level the playing field. Yeah. I definitely think research is a big one, too, because a lot of people are just ignorant. Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, and they don't even want to get to know (laughs) or they don't know. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What are some ways that you think people with ADHD can kind of like hack their biology or hack different things to make themselves like operate better. Cause I know something that I focus on a lot on Ray of Light TV are like, what are the natural ways I can hack my body with like healthy eating, sleep, exercise to have better mental health, better personal development? Like what are some of those ways for people with ADHD? Well, you just mentioned one of them, Mm -hmm. sleep. Sleep is like crazy important. Um, if I could recommend a book for a second, Why We Sleep by Matthew Walker. And I'm a huge proponent of that book. Um, I wish he'd pay me to promote the book because I do it quite a bit. Um, uh, But there are crazy benefits to sleep and there are also like hugely detrimental consequences of sleep deprivation. Mm -hmm. 
And I've found that when I'm getting better sleep, everything else goes according to plan. Well, not everything, but like it's easier for things to go to according to plan. Mm -hmm. When I'm sleep deprived, I'm fighting an uphill battle. Things are harder. Um, so that's, that's one of the key ways. Um, but also, you know, on my desk here, I've got fidget toys. Um, so, the ADHD brain needs a certain level of stimulation in order to pay attention. Mm -hmm. So simply like fidgeting with a toy or something is a level of stimulation that allows you to focus better on other things. So ways of hacking, so to speak, are working with your brain, not against it. Right. So doing the things that your brain naturally does and following that and using your strengths to overcome any challenges you're facing. Does that make sense? Yeah, it makes perfect sense. Um, I want to go back to what you said about sleep because I know that sleep is so important, but it's something we don't, I think we don't think about a wind down routine enough when we go to sleep and we start having, you know, insomnia, like different things. Is there a certain wind down process that you do every day that has kind of helped you get better sleep or do you have a sleep routine that you could share Mm. Yeah. The one thing I'll say that I'll caveat pretty much everything I say is it all depends on you and your unique brain wiring. Mm -hmm. But for me, what that looks like is I try and make sure that I'm not around too many bright lights in the evening time. Um, I have blue light blocking glasses. Do I use them? No. I've heard of those. Um, but... They, uh, they're, they're very helpful. Um, uh, I try and give myself, you know, a decent amount of time to slow down in the evening time. I don't do anything too exciting. I try to refrain from any sort of music that would get me pumped up or hyped up. Um, do I always refrain from that kind of music? No, because... Sometimes my brain is just like, oh, I want to listen to this song. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I take the time to set up my sleep environment, turn on my alarm, close all the windows, make sure the temperature is, is nice and low because a cool environment is better for sleep. Um, I, I do all the things I need to do, take my contacts out, um, and then brush my teeth, that sort of thing. I also flip my pill bottles upside down. Uh, that way in the morning when I wake up, I can see whether or not I've taken them mm -hmm. just by the position they're in. Um, and then, yeah, I, I do a little calm, a uh, little short prayer time. And then uh, I turn on my sleep podcast that I listen to. Mm. That's another thing I wish I was paid to promote was that sleep podcast because... Um, it's, it's, for me, it works wonders. Yeah. And so I turn on my sleep podcast, um, hop into bed and then, uh, I, uh, put on my CPAP machine. So put on the mask mm -hmm. and turn the machine on. And then I put on, uh, a sleep mask yes. to block out any other light. Um, sleep masks are so dope. Right. Oh, I before I used, start tried one, I was like, "This is stupid." 
But then, but then I actually tried it, and I was like, oh, this is what a dark room should look like. Exactly. You know, because I now I'm very sensitive to any sort of light in the room, um, because I know what dark is mm-hmm. because I use a sleep mask. So um, yeah, and um, as far as like getting myself in the right position to go to sleep. I've even created a little sleep formula. Um, so in bed plus feeling tired plus a calm mind equals sleep. Right. The first part is in bed. You have to physically get into bed. And when you have ADHD, it's kind of hard to physically get into bed. You want to do X, Y, and Z. You've got all these things you want to do. And it's hard to like physically get yourself into bed. Yeah. So... I guess one of the things that I recommend is, you know, making sure you have your productive time during the day, get everything done. So you're not scrambling at the last minute to get everything done before bed. Um, and that may take some sacrifices. Uh, a sacrifice that I make is when my favorite hockey team plays out West and the start times are 9 PM central time. I don't watch the games because it's, it's too late for me. I need my sleep. So, um, if you're listening, Gary Bettman, maybe not schedule the Minnesota Wild for so many 9 p.m. start times. Um, I hope he's listening because <laughs> we got to we got to get those 7 p.m. start times. Anyway, yes. so uh, <laughs> what was I saying? Oh, I'm going through my sleep formula. So you have to actually physically get into bed, right? And then you need to be tired. So make sure you're getting exercise in during the day. You're avoiding caffeine late in the day. All the good stuff that's going to make you feel physically tired. Right. Um, some people can exercise right before bed and feel tired enough to get to sleep. Some peop- Most people can't, so get it done earlier in the day. Um, I'm, I am an evening exerciser because um, that works for me and my schedule. Mm-hmm. Um, and it hasn't caused any problems with my sleep. Yeah. So exercise, avoid caffeine, do what you need to do to feel tired. Uh, again, going back to the light thing, uh, make sure that no bright lights or blue lights are making your brain think it's daytime. Right. And then a calm mind is probably the trickiest one for those of us with ADHD, and it's also the most important one. And so what I recommend is finding something you can focus on that will get your thoughts off of your thoughts and start find something to listen to that will get your thoughts off of the swirl or whatever they're going through, the racing thoughts. Find something that's interesting enough to get your attention, but not so interesting that it energizes you. And that's what my podcast does really well. Mm-hmm. Not my podcast, but the podcast I listen to. Right. Um, it there is just a guy with uh, creaky dulcet tones telling stories that are interesting enough to get your attention, but not so interesting that they energize you and you don't know. Because if it's if it's something like you're really into, your brain's going to go, what's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? What's going to happen next? And it gets excited. Right. Which is why if you want to listen to an audiobook as you fall asleep, listen to something you've already heard before mm-hmm. or read before. Um, so yeah, that's my sleep formula. Um, that's what I do for sleep. I find it helps me, but if you find it doesn't work for you, that's okay. Find what works for you right. 
and do what works for you. Yeah. And I think I would ask on the flip side of that, are there some hacks that you found for your productivity? Are there like certain work hours that you have where you have to get stuff done so that you can wind down in the evening? Because I know that if a lot of people bring their work like all day into the evening, then it's kind of hard to fall asleep. Yeah, I think having that hard cutoff time yeah. is going to be really powerful. So I I personally notice that I'm not really effective once it gets past 5 o'clock. Um, I will see a client until like 5.30, 5.45. But um, if I have to do stuff on my own, 3, 4 o'clock, I'm, I'm winding down for the day. Um, and then... Um, Oh, yeah, being productive during the day. Getting sleep will help you be more productive during the day, so it's kind of a catch-22. Right. You need sleep to be productive, but you need to be productive in order to get good sleep. Um, so somewhere you kind of have to, like, draw a line in the sand and say, okay, this day I'm going to sacrifice being productive so that I can get some good sleep and therefore be productive the next day. Right. Um, so as far as, like, what works for me being productive um i i have to i have to schedule things now i don't specifically say i'm going to do this at 8 this at 9 this at 10 what i do say is these are the things i'm going to do today once i've done these things i can feel satisfied with my day and i'm not going to um push myself to do more than what's on my schedule for today. Right. Um, so scheduling things out, setting a time for when I'm going to do things, um, that works for me. And then other things I do to be productive is, because I work from home, I have a have an office. It's technically not an office it's a spare bedroom but it i use it as an office and i do my work only in that room and i don't recreate in this room either so if i want to do something fun i'll go to a different room um so having that that room where i do my work just helps my brain transition and transitions are really hard for those of us with adhd so like walking up the stairs Going into my office really helps me transition into work mode. Mm -hmm. Then at lunchtime, I go downstairs, go to the kitchen, grab lunch, relax a bit, come up here, ex or not exercise, but get back into work. And then at the end of the day, I leave the office. Right. And so setting that hard cutoff time is also going to be um, beneficial. Now, sometimes, like, if you're a teacher, like you've got a lot of stuff you need to do in the evening. But I really think having that cutoff time and giving yourself a chance to relax at the end of the day is going to help your sleep, is going to help your productivity, is going to just help your mental health in general if you're not constantly working. So you need to find a balance between being productive and taking the time for yourself. And that's not easy, but it can be done. And... You have to design what works for you. Right. Yeah. So dope. Thank you for those great tips. 
And I love that we had this little conversation because it achieved what I really wanted to do, which was put attention onto your blog. Because a lot of the questions that I'm asking you can be found in a lot of your blog posts. Like I read one on productivity, on sleep, even one with pray, like praying with ADHD. <laughs> so I love that. So if you want to check out Alex's blog, you can do so at resetadhd.com slash blogs. And Alex, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for having me. This was fun. Yeah. Is there anything else that you want to leave the audience with, the people with, anything before we go? Um, just kind of what I've already been saying is find what works for you. Yeah. Um, even if you don't have ADHD, like finding what works for you is key. Yeah. Um, and if you need help with that, resetadhd.com slash coaching. We'll give you some information on what I do uh, aside from my blog. Um, you can also get my blog sent to your email inbox on my website. I've got a form. You pop your email in there. It'll send you a, uh, ebook called late to bed, late to rise five ways to make your ADHD worse, sort of a tongue in cheek little ebook. But, um, that is very helpful if you want to figure out what not to do. Um, and then yeah, signing up for that will also get you on my email list so you can read my blog post in your email without having to like type in the blog um, URL. Mm -hmm. So yeah, um, as far as like things I want to leave the audience with, um, yeah, I think I've already said it. Just find what works for you and know that I'm here if you need help. All right, perfect. Thanks so much, Alex. Thank you. Thank you.